Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, our highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. Folks, you're listening to Two Men in the Mouse, episode 221 on the White Dragon Podcast Network, recorded live on June the 8th, 2021. This is your everyday guide to the magic of Walt Disney World and the larger Disney universe beyond it. My name is Kevin Kessler, and I am joined, as always, by my good buddy, Peter Mandel. Hey, Kevin. What up, my friend? What is up? Oh, um, it is going to be a good day here on Two Men in the Mouse, and a good night, as you will see uh, in our e-ticket attraction. That's a little, Love it. It's a little foreshadowing. Uh, folks, we are two lifelong Disney fanatics who have managed to keep our, uh, the magic alive in our lives every day. Uh, and we want to share that magic with you. So pull up a chair, gather the family, or pop in your favorite set of headphones, and let's experience the magic together. Pete! Kevin. My voice cracked at the end there. I missed a couple words in the intro. I am all That's over fine. the place today. It's all right. I'm like three shows in three weeks. Like, I am I'm worn out, I guess. Yeah, you're I'm burnt not, out. I'm not, I'm not used to this. <laughs> I, I'm glad we're back for a third week in a row. I am. I'm. I'm happy about this. I am confident in our ability to continue doing it. Um, also, wanted to send a quick shout out to our friends over at the Disney Dads podcast as they are about to celebrate 200 episodes. Wow, good for them! Uh, yes, very, very happy for them. That was also the wake up call for me <laughs> because <laughs> our show inspired the, like their show to start, and I'm like, wait, we're only we only have 20 more episodes than them. <laughs> They're at like they started like two years after us i was like oh no we've really been slacking so are you uh, telling me that this is actually two men and the mouse disney dads race to 300 is oh that my, what this really oh is oh my gosh game on right and they're gonna beat us there's no way they're not uh <laughs> but that would be really funny um we've got a 20 episode head start let's see how long we can hold on to it um all right, so we've got news this week, and then we've got an e-ticket attraction. It's kind of like a regular show this week. It's you know we're okay, not, we're not catching up on anything. We're we're just kind of like going with the flow and getting back into things. That sounds good. So are you ready for this? All right, the yeah. news brought to you as always by our good friend and sponsor Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, who will plan your Disney vacation for you at no additional cost to you. You can always find Dave on Facebook as Magical Travel Dave or email DisneyDaveW at Verizon.net. Dave Weikert, gotta love that guy. I just talked to him yesterday. Yeah? How's he doing? Yeah. Doing good. Good. Glad to hear it. All right. Ready for some worldwide news? Yes. I feel like we're always starting with something about this lately, but Disney has relaxed its mask policy, but only slightly. Okay? Okay. So this comes right as Orange County, Florida has ended its mask mandate and its state of emergency. So Disney made a slight adjustment to the mask policy, giving guests a little bit more mask-free time in the parks. Previously, Disney stated that masks were required in all theaters, including theater entrances. That wording has now been amended, and it is now all indoor theaters, including theater entrances. So outdoor theaters, you can apparently be maskless now. Uh, Disney is currently only operating a handful of theater shows, including the Indoor Festival of the Lion King and the Frozen Sing-Along at Hollywood Studios. Outdoor shows include the Feathered Friends in Flight Bird Show at Animal Kingdom, 
Uh, and other candidates for the outdoor theater classification would be Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular, Fantasmic, and Beauty and the Beast Live on Stage, all of which are not currently operating. Right. So really, like, this is just kind of like, a, hey, if you're going to go see those birds for whatever reason, you can take your mask off. Interestingly, this tweak to the mask policy may suggest, according to www.magic.com, that Disney is not planning on removing the indoor mask requirement anytime soon. So Disney now is is still the only theme park, major theme park in Orlando that is still requiring masks indoors. Both right. SeaWorld and uh, Universal Orlando have done away with masks entirely. Or done away with mask mandates. You can still wear one if you want. Um even when I went to SeaWorld, I was putting a mask on at certain points because, yeah, like, you know, sometimes it's, a, you know, honestly, I feel like the mask might become like a part of my, like, repertoire at certain times of year, like allergy season or flu season, <clears throat> um, like times of the year when I normally get sick because I didn't get sick at all this year, dude. Like, well, I'm, I gotta be honest with you. I am not going to wear a mask in any place that isn't going to tell me that I have to wear a mask. I, I get I get that. But like for me, I'm just kind of like, wow. Or like going to like the pharmacy or something like that. Like if I'm going to the pharmacy to pick something up or into like a CVS, I might just wear the mask because there's always sick people in there. And I've developed this like aversion to germs. I mean, not that anybody likes germs, but I mean, like I'm like afraid of germs now. Germs are also good for you in, in certain ways. Um, yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. Anyway, uh, moving on, a new Disney Plus series is coming uh, that is going to be parks-focused. It's going to be showcasing the attractions. Cannot wait. Yes, you heard about this? Of course. So it's a new 10-part series that starts on July 16th, which takes a behind-the-scenes look at some of Disney's most famous attractions and destinations around the world. It's called Behind the Attraction. Using archival and never-before-seen footage, we'll hear from key figures at Walt Disney Imagineering, including Bob Weiss, uh, Jeanette Lomboy, Kim Irvine, Scott Throwbridge, Tom Fitzgerald, Scott Drake, Carmen Smith, and Joe Rohde. Some of the locations and attractions uncovered will be Jungle Cruise, The Small World, Haunted Mansion, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Disneyland Hotel, and The Castles. Very, very interesting. Disney Plus Behind the Attraction, from executive producers Dwayne Johnson, Danny Garcia, and Brian Volk Weiss, will debut all 10 episodes on July 16th, 2021. So, okay, two interesting things about that last paragraph. Dwayne Johnson? Yeah. The Rock is producing this? Unless it's a different Dwayne Johnson. Could you imagine, like, could you imagine being like, your name is Dwayne Johnson and you're not The Rock? Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, so I'm assuming that's The Rock. Um, And... They're they're dropping all ten. They're Netflix styling this. They're dropping all ten episodes at once. I'm actually happy about that. Do you prefer that, or do you prefer the slow rollout? Uh, well, I, I think it's interesting. I I am a believer in the you know debut. You know, like put it out weekly. I love that style. But I think if the Bad Batch has shown us anything, not everything is meant for. Not everything is good enough to be a weekly. I'm going to make sure I'm home to watch this Friday night extravaganza. Let me tell you something about the bad batch. I stopped watching it. I haven't watched it either. I watched the first two episodes. And when they were like, we got to go find our friend. It's this friend that we have this, this mystery person that we know. And I'm like, Oh my God, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Hondo? Is it going to be like, like someone great. And then it was just like the deserter clone from the, cl- that one yeah, episode dude, of the Clone like Wars. That's my favorite episode of Clone Wars. I couldn't have been more excited. About oh, that. I was not excited. And I, w- and then it was just like, like, uh, no, no little girl clone. Who's ne- Omega. 
no, Omega, you got to stay here and be with them and be a family. But oh, I want to be with you. And and like I was just like, ugh, cliche contrived. I, I like I don't dislike the show, but it's like I was just I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wait for the season to close out and then I'm just going to watch them all. I am going to eventually get back to it also. Um, I just I hear it's okay so this is kind of the great example of something that did not have to be released on a weekly yes schedule keep in mind too that this uh attraction show you know it's not interconnected so the episodes don't apparently just my assumption here don't have to be watched in any order well it's yeah if it's a documentary series then yeah i would assume right. so like it's just gonna like jump kind of like the um the imagineering story did right but but, so, but even the imagineering story went went linear you know but, you know, something like WandaVision, for example, like that benefited from the weekly rollout. Mandalorian, sure. same thing, benefits from the Absolutely. weekly rollout because people then theorize and it becomes part of like the pop culture zeitgeist for like for months. Right. Loki is going to be the same way when that debuts tomorrow, which I cannot yeah, I can't wait, wait for. Um, but the because um, like when Netflix, like Netflix drops Str- uh, Stranger Things season in its entirety. Right. And everybody talks about it for like three days. I I know. I guarantee they will not do that again for the next season. You know, you oh, I think Netflix fans would revolt if they tried to do the weekly drops. No, I think I think they're going to change it. I I really do. Yeah, maybe. Oh, maybe it is the last season of Stranger Things, so you never know. Uh, standing spots have been added to the Walt Disney World monorail system. Disney continues to increase the capacity of its transportation operations. With the latest progression being the addition of standing spots on the monorail. So since reopening in July, the monorails have not been using standing spaces and restricting the number of guests sitting in each section. The cabins are divided into sections divided by plexiglass, but with the new standing spots, it increases the number of guests that are able to occupy each section. Note that the standing spot in each section is only occupied by someone within that traveling party. Cast members are continuing to load the monorails via section numbers during peak periods. Outside of those times, guests may be able to choose their own section. I've only ridden the monorail once since the parks reopened. Okay. And I was just, I was like, whoa, wow, this is weird. Um, I rode it once also, but there was nobody in there. Yeah, I mean, like, I could not, with the way they're separated right now and the way, like, and the capacity they have right now, I could think of no darker hell than having to wait for the monorail line, like like at Magic Kingdom closing. Yeah, right. Like that's got to be absolute absolute hell. Uh, which I haven't I haven't closed out Magic Kingdom since the pandemic hit, just for that reason. But now that that bridge is there, I can take that nice, you know, probably four mile walk or whatever it is. You think it's four miles? It might. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a couple miles at least. I will see. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it the next time I'm at Magic Kingdom, and I will I will track it on my watch to see how many miles it is. And yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. Um, so because, w- you know, it's, it's not like four miles is impossible, right? I mean, we, mm-hmm. you and I both walk a lot, but four miles after a full day of walking? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was at Magic Kingdom last week. I went on Thursday uh, just by myself. And so you know how I, w- I work remotely? Mm-hmm. I actually uh, worked at the Magic Kingdom. I brought my laptop. I got a buffalo chicken tots from Friar's Nook, which, by the way, is like my new favorite thing in the Magic Kingdom. Um, I did some work. I rode a ride. I went and got a Cheshire Cat Tail for the first time. Wow, a cup they're of coffee. delicious. They are delicious. 
uh, which you can get them now from Cosmic Rays while Cheshire Cafe is closed. And then I rode another ride, and then I worked some more, and then I left. And because you worked at the Magic Kingdom, you told everyone you were a cast member. Well, yeah, I had to wear the name tag and everything. No, I'm kidding. Um, But you know the one thing I'm noticing, though? Long wait times for virtual... um, for virtual cues for food yes like before and maybe it's just because i hadn't done it at magic kingdom before but like when i would be like at epcot like i'd be at like satuli canteen i'd hit like the okay i'm here prepare my food and it'd be done within like three or four minutes magic kingdom i was waiting like 15 20 minutes after actually arriving and i wasn't able to get like the the arrival window that said like right now and I didn't. Now, think it, I didn't think it was super crowded. Was it a particularly busy time? Was it lunchtime? Uh, not really. I mean, kind of around there, maybe. Hmm, okay. But I mean, yeah, I I was just surprised at how like difficult it was to get that stuff. So the the Cheshire cattail, especially, I'm like, really, it's a it's a pre made pastry and a cup of coffee. Yeah, that's pretty fine. It's probably not that it's taking a long time for that. It's the people ahead of you. Uh, yeah, that's 100% what it is, because they make it all in order. All right, Magic Kingdom news. You ready for this? Yep. All right. Big Thunder Mountain's refurbishment is underway, which normally is not something that we cover. Like, we cover when something's going to be refurbished, but we don't cover while it's happening. However, the signage that they've chosen for this was actually really cute. Did you see this? I loved it. I saw it. Yeah. So, uh, with the refurbishment is, is going on for a week. Uh, the closure began on June the 7th, which is yesterday, and will run through the 12th, reopening to guests on the 13th. The last major refurbishment of this coaster was back in 2016, but this is not a major refurbishment. Obviously, this is just skimming, just probably painting some stuff and whatnot. Right. Uh, but they put up signs outside of it, like instead of just like, this area is being refurbished for your enjoyment, or like the Walt Disney quotes that they put up, like, it's kind of fun to do the impossible. It's it's this big Thunder Mining Company notice mine closed until further notice by order of Barnabas T. Bullion, Mountain Goat Infestation, seeking miners with herding experience. Love it. That's amazing that they tied the refurbishment into the story of the attraction. I want to yeah, see like more of that. Me too. More of that. Less of everything else. Uh, speaking of things, <laughs> more closing of rides. Yeah, Let's do this. But it's like you know what? When you have to close something, that's a fun way of doing it instead of just you know putting up a refurbishment sign. Yeah, no, I, I know. Um, the, speaking of things that I can do without, the first new scene has been added to the Jungle Cruise. Look, okay. I'm sure I'm going to love all this new Jungle Cruise stuff when it. But I, uh, to tell you the truth, I have not been following it like at all since they took Trader Sam out. Yeah, I get it. The first new scene for Magic Kingdom's Jungle Cruise was completed, and it gives get um, and guests can now take a look at the new characters. The trapped safari of new characters, which is the rhino scene, now includes Felix Penchman the Thirteenth, the skipper who led this expedition up the tree. Literally, there's nothing different other than the fact that they just changed who the people are. Like one of them's a skipper, right? Uh, the completed scene is a very close match for the concept art that was showed that was shown last year. So there you go. Uh, Disney announced back in January of 2021 that it plans to update the Jungle Cruise with new additions to add more humor, wildlife, and skipper heart. The Jungle Cruise will be completed later this summer, and the ride will remain open throughout the work. At least they're not, like, refurbishing it. But if they were refurbishing it, I mean, maybe we can get a poster about it. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, like, you know, Jungle 
is out of order because of snakes. I don't know. Why would they close the jungle? Like mm. snakes. Right. That maybe that's why that plane crashed because there were snakes on the plane. I see where you went there. Yep. Had to. Literally couldn't help myself. Uh, <clears throat> Fantasyland. Uh, the refurbishment of Fantasyland has now hit Princess Fairytale Hall. Um, <coughs> crews are working on the castle wall at the top of the building on Princess Fairytale Hall. They're painting the bricks. Each brick is being hand-painted in different shades in a similar style to the recent Cinderella Castle updates. This is all to bring Fantasyland... Uh, more uniform ahead of the park's 50th anniversary celebrations, which begin on October the 1st. All right. Now, that was fun to talk about. Ready to talk about something that's not so fun? Uh-oh. I've been, I've been dreading this for a week, talking okay. about this on the show. Pricing has been released for the Disney After Hours Boo Bash. Oof. This is ridiculous. I'm sorry. You know we like to try to like be positive. This is ridiculous. I know. Utterly ridiculous, and I cannot be positive about it. Um. Okay, so this is the um the not so scary replacement for this year. Uh, except it is when you look at the price, it is very scary. Uh, typically after hours events are around one hundred and fifty bucks, but this is significantly more, which is significantly more expensive than not so scary. Not so scary tickets were eighty five dollars in uh in like August and and some of September some years, as expected. There are no fireworks yet announced for the event, but this also might change as restrictions relax. Pricing, however, tickets start at one hundred and twenty nine dollars to one hundred thirty nine dollars plus tax for August and September, and one fifty nine to one sixty nine plus tax for October. And $199 uh, for Halloween night. Which is the only night that I'm there. And yeah. Dave actually emailed me yesterday and was like, oh, so I'll let you know Boobash is going on while you're there. I'm like, cool, Dave, do you have $800 I can borrow? That's yes. literally the email I sent him. Yeah. $800 for a three-hour three event. But you get a Mickey bar. You get the Mickey bar that costs 12 cents to make. It's it's a it's absurd, and you know I like you know the occasional after hours event, but you oh. know at the same time I'm gonna say the same thing I always say about this stuff. Yeah, you know I have no problem with it. Um, there's people who won't have a problem paying for it, and they'll get a super exclusive, you know, barely any lines kind of night, and that's awesome. I think for most of us, it's it's absurd price wise. Mm-hmm. You know, will they though? Is my question. Are they going to keep this to a low attendance or are they going to oversell it? No, I think keeping it to a low attendance is the price point. I mean, I don't think this is a matter of. I think you're underestimating them. I don't know. I mean, they talk about like short, shorter lines being one of the draws for this. So maybe you are right. But I definitely think they have a capped number in mind. Mm -hmm. But I'd be surprised if they even hit that. All right, so what are you getting for your two hundred for somewhere between one hundred and thirty and two hundred dollars? Wait, let me guess. Not enough. Not enough. Um, entertainment will include cavalcades of characters popping up, including Mickey's Happy Halloween Cavalcade with Mickey and friends dressed for the occasion, the Disney Villains Halloween Cavalcade, uh, where villains will take the street and celebrate their favorite time of year. Jack's Nightmare Cavalcade will feature Jack Skellington, Sally, and Oogie Boogie riding down the parade path. 
to This is Halloween, Maleficent will also make an appearance in the form of a fire-breathing dragon, a.k.a. the Festival of Fantasy float. This is all stuff that was just in the parks last year, by the way. Yeah, no, I know. This is all stuff that just was in the parks regularly last year. Character appearances will also include Miss Carlotta at the Haunted Mansion, Goofy, Foulfellow, Gideon, Chip and Dale in their Halloween best, with other surprise guests spotted across the park. Guests can also stop and listen to the Cadaver Dan's. Uh, during performances on Main Street USA, complimentary snacks such as ice cream novelties and popcorn, along with select beverages, are included in event admission. Now, is that unlimited snacks? Like, can I get unlimited Mickey bars for this? I think you can. That's the way the DVC events used to be. And I used to make myself sick by getting all the But bars. that's the thing. Like, when you make it unlimited Mickey bars, they know that the human body can only eat X amount of ice cream before being, like, sick. Yeah, well. Yeah, you know I mean. I mean, I would get sick every time I went, every time my friend took me to a DVC event. Be honest, how many ice cream bars do you think you could eat? I have eaten six. Six, okay. Yeah, my friend Marcus and I, um, we kind of challenged each other at the Typhoon Lagoon DVC event, and we mm-hmm. just kind of kept getting them over and over and over again. And yeah, we were feeling pretty sick. I imagine. Yeah. Um, okay, 20 attractions will be available, including Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Haunted Mansion, Jungle Cruise, Big Thunder, Dumbo, Peter Pan's Flight, Space Mountain, and more. The Disney After Hours Boo Bash is a limit is limited capacity and separately ticketed event that does not require additional days theme park ticket or Disney Park Pass reservation. Tickets will grant admission to Magic Kingdom as early as 7 p.m. before the event begins. The event takes place from 9.30 p.m. to 12.30 a.m. on the following dates. August 10th, 17th, 20th, 24th, 27th, and 31st, September 3rd, and then uh, after September 3rd, the event takes place from 9 p.m. to midnight, September 7th, 10th, 14th, 17th, 21st, 24th, 5th, or I'm sorry, October 5th, 8th, 12th, 15th, 19th, 22nd, 24th, 26th, 29th, and 31st. Epcot News. Points of light are being installed on Spaceship Earth. This is to go with the 50th uh, anniversary light show that they're going to be doing, which I think look is going to look absolutely incredible. Uh, construction has also started on Journey of Water, inspired by Moana. We're moving ahead with these Epcot things. Um, activity is picked up in the area with construction crews actively now working on the site. There's still a great deal to see, but there are a couple of cranes. I mean, there still isn't a great deal to see, but there are a couple of cranes on the site and various tents are set up throughout the area. A couple of fairly large areas have been excavated for presumably foundation work and utilities. According to Disney, the first ever attraction based on the Walt Disney Animation Studios hit film Moana will let guests interact with magical living water in a beautiful and inspiring setting. The new area will be located in what was Future World in approximately the area previously occupied by Innovations West building leading toward living with the, uh, leading toward the living seas or the seas with Nemo and friends. Interventions West and all the buildings on that side have been demolished as part of the work. So this is good because for a while it seemed like they just kind of weren't working anymore. And Epcot was just like Epcot was just a skeleton and there was no end in sight. Well, now it looks like they're working again. So here we go. Good news. Yeah. Job postings have been listed for Space 220. Yay. I'll believe it's really going to happen. I'll believe it when I see it. At this point, like I, I, I feel like every couple of months they're like, oh, this is opening soon. And like it's it's two years late at this point. You know, it's funny. There's no way this restaurant can live up to any expectation. And I don't think it had any expectation. I don't know anyone that was like dying to go there. But no. at this point, 
I, I just can't see it being. The Patina Restaurant Group has posted openings for cooks, food runners, cashiers, hosts, bartenders, bussers, and servers. As we've seen from Patina and other Disney World area operators, sign-up bonuses are also available as the industry as a whole struggles to recruit workers. Um, so we'll see. The restaurant was originally planned to open in 2019 and has seen numerous construction delays even prior to COVID. Uh, so then, of course, more delays related to construction limitations during COVID mitigation uh, during COVID mitigation measures. Um, d- there is no um, release date as of yet, but you got to think if they're hiring people, there's got to be something coming. Yeah, it's got to be kind of soon. Yeah. Disney has released details for food and wine 2021. Uh, it seems to be back to back to regular form here. <laughs> they're not calling it a taste of food and wine or anything like that. It just seems like it's the regular food and wine festival. Okay. Global marketplaces will include fan favorite dishes from Hawaii, Australia, Germany, Canada, and Greece. Uh, new global marketplace concepts are coming to Morocco, the American adventure and throughout the park in July with more marketplaces opening in the fall. Menus are still to be announced. Entertainment is going to have performances by the voices of Liberty, Mariachi Cobre and J- the Jammin chefs. The festivals will also open with America with America Gardens Bandstand presented by Florida Blue Medicare, which is a live music concert series performed Friday through Monday evenings. Local bands from across Central Florida will take to the American Gardens Theater stage playing popular songs of yesterday and today. Remy's Hide and Squeak Scavenger Hunt is also back. Emile's Fromage Montage earns you a prize at Shimmering Sips after sampling five dishes from select marketplaces. So that's a thing going on. Uh, and the this event begins on July 15th, runs through November 20th. So super, super long uh, food and wine festival this year. Uh, Canada far and wide might be done. Hmm. Uh, however, so it looks like, according to the schedules, Canada far and wide is closing beginning June 27th. The current schedule only runs as far as August 21st, with the show still being listed as closed. However, many are assuming this is not permanent. It is just they are turning it into a food and wine location the way it was last year. They had, like, different food and wine stuff inside. Right. The, uh, Animal Kingdom news. There's a, the new baby zebra that we talked about has been named. What is it? The male Hartman's Mountain zebra foal that was born on May 17th at Disney's Animal Kingdom has been named Dash. Oh, cool. Yeah. The zebra was named Dash by the Disney keepers in honor of his spunky spirit and Dash stripe on his left shoulder, identical to the one on the shoulder of his mother, Heidi. Tusker House is also reopening. Have you ever eaten at Tusker House? I have many times. Really? Okay. So you're a fan of the Tusker House. It is my daughter's favorite breakfast in Disney. Oh, okay. See, the breakfast I feel would be okay. Like, I, I couldn't imagine you guys being like, like being like, yeah, let's eat that African food. I did it once for dinner. It's okay. Yeah. It will be reopening to guests on June the 20th, and it has been closed since the parks closed last year. Bookings are now open for it. Uh, during There will be a modified character experience, so guests will be served family-style entrees inspired by the flavors of Africa, and they can snap photos of Donald Duck and friends dressed in their safari best as they promenade throughout the restaurant. Lunch and dinner is priced at $55 per adult and $42 per child. Breakfast is priced at 42 per adult and 27 per child, plus tax and gratuity. <clears throat> During the modified character experience, Donald, Mickey, and Goofy will, will all be there, apparently, in safari outfits. Okay. Now, here's the menu. Uh, the Tusker House breakfast menu will be a pastries basket, 
uh, safari bread, multigrain croissants, and cornbread served with whipped butter, Nutella, and strawberry preserves. Fresh fruit, fresh fruit with honey yogurt sauce, and a breakfast platter composed of potatoes, scrambled eggs, Mickey and Simba-shaped waffles. Simba-shaped waffles. That's interesting. I saw that. They're like circles with Simba on the inside. They're not shaped like Simba. Interesting. I was assuming they were going to be shaped like the drawing on Rafiki's wall or something. No, it's like, uh, do you remember when they had the Vader-shaped waffles yeah, at Backlot yeah, yeah, yeah. Express? Yep, it's yep. exactly like that. Okay. You're also getting bacon, sausage, Durban, chicken, egg, curry, and jasmine rice. And then lunch and dinner menus, you start with assorted house-made bread served with hummus, coriander, and mango chutney, African-inspired salads, uh, which are kachambari, an Arcadian green salad with citrus vinaigrette dressing. <clears throat> then your entrees are Moroccan spiced beef, Cape Malai green curry shrimp, spit-roasted herb chicken, Berber-marinated pork with sides of green beans with carrots and corn, roasted potatoes, jasmine rice, and house-made macaroni and cheese. The desserts are animal-inspired mini-desserts. Okay. Yes. And that's the news this week. All right. We got through it. We got through all the news. All right, folks. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to hear from our sponsors and the rest of the White Dragon Podcast Network. And we'll be back with our e-ticket attraction of the week. So stay tuned, folks. More Two Men in the Mouse coming at you right after this. You know, Pete, it's hard work planning a Disney vacation. Of course. Your whole family has to get going. You got to pack everything up. You got to figure out where you're eating. You got to figure out where you're staying. But you know what makes life so much easier and makes your trip planning a more fun experience? Tell me. It sounds like something I need. Absolutely. You need a travel agent. Do we know one of those? We absolutely do. We know our good friend and sponsor, Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men in the Mouse, folks. We've both used him. Yes, we have. Dave Weikert plans our Disney vacations all the time, and we would not recommend him if we didn't use his services ourselves. Dave started his Cranford-based business here in 2008 and in that time has been planning hundreds of Walt Disney World vacations. Dave plans every trip as if it was his own and you will never find someone more passionate about Disney. Very easy to work with and will do his best to make sure you're satisfied. Working with Dave, you're likely to pay less and get more. And what's better than that, Peter Mandel? Tell me. You never pay a charge for Dave's services. It is 100% free. Dave will plan your entire trip for no additional cost to you. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. Dave has helped over 875 families enjoy their Disney vacations. A graduate of the College of Disney Knowledge, Dave has visited every Disney World resort and has personally stayed at 12 Disney World resorts. He's dined also at every Disney restaurant. He's crazy about Disney food. That is an accomplishment. Absolutely. I wish I could say I did that. That's like the snack challenge times 10. Yep. Dave also gives you Disney dollars for land packages and shipboard credits for any Disney Cruise Line vacations you might be going. Uh, This can be used as cash at any Disney destination or store. Traveling with kids in your party, Dave will also provide you autograph books for all your kids. He gave them to us? Absolutely. Your kids went down with Dave Weicker autograph books. Of course. Well, Disney autograph books supplied by Dave Weicker. Depends how his name on Dave simplifies your life by booking your complete vacation, including resort stay, airlines, Disney meal plans, and park passes. Also, checks daily for new discounts. When specials are announced, he immediately checks availability and rebooks your vacation at the lowest possible price. Dave can also book all your Disney dining and will do his best to get hard-to-book reservations like Cinderella's Royal Table and Be Our Guest. It's really, truly a no-brainer. Folks, take the stress out of your life. Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men in the Mouse.
If you and your family are taking a trip to the Orlando area this year, your little ones deserve to stroll in style. Lugging a stroller from home can be an annoying and frustrating part of the first leg of your journey, and renting those hard plastic strollers from Disney theme parks can be both costly and uncomfortable for your kids. Well, I'm here to tell you about the solution to your child transport problems, and that's Kingdom Strollers. Kingdom Strollers is a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. Not only is it less expensive than renting a stroller from the theme parks themselves, but these are padded luxury models with features like drink holders, canopies, storage baskets, and more. What's more, you keep this stroller with you for your entire trip, whereas park-rented strollers, you got to return them before you leave the park that day. This is going to make those late-night post-fireworks bus stop queues so much easier, and Dad's shoulders are going to thank you for it. So, how does it work? You just go to kingdomstrollers.com and make your selection on the stroller or crib that's right for your child. Just let the good folks over there know a great time for delivery and pickup and where you'll be staying. You can pick your stroller or crib up from the luggage stand at your resort and then drop them back off there at the end of your stay. So pack light, leave your stroller at home, and save up to a whopping 50% versus park price stroller rentals when you visit kingdomstrollers.com. humans my name is morty monster and i'm uh, well i'm a monster i'm here as an exchange student from the monster world where growing up i fell in love with the world of human pop culture unfortunately not a lot of monsters share that passion so i came here to experience all of these things that i love and to share that passion with all of you i do this through my youtube channel with regular video blogs one of my favorite things to do is film while in the theme parks of Orlando, Florida. Join me in Walt Disney World, Universal Studios, SeaWorld, and more. I'll also be reviewing comic books, web videos, TV shows, movies, and other awesome stuff. Find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash MortyMonster. I'm on Instagram as MortyMonster and Friends. I'm also on Twitter as MortyMonsterBFF. From there, you can find a link to my YouTube videos. Please like, subscribe, love, sign up for notifications, and more for all the Morty content. I can't wait to share my adventures with all of you. Morty Monster! Hey, listeners. This is Mark Daniel, and you're listening to Two Men and the Mouse. Folks, Walt Disney World is an amazing place for fun in the sun. But when the sun goes down and the moon climbs high on the dead oak tree, the parks change completely. Walt Disney World's nighttime transformation is absolutely wonderful, making use of lights, music, and pyrotechnics to create a soothing environment and a welcoming atmosphere. Several Disney attractions, which are already treasured parts of our trips during the day, are totally different and wonderful in a whole new way at night. That's why this week for our e-ticket attraction of the week, Pete and I are doing the top 10 Walt Disney World attractions to do at night. And of course, the e-ticket attraction brought to you always by our friends at KingdomStrollers.com, who will rent you the crib or stroller of your dreams and deliver it right to your Disney resort. Okay, so 
nighttime attractions. Now, this was your idea to do, and I believe we've talked about, like, Disney at night on shows in the past, but I don't think we've ever, like, really ranked them as, like, what's the best thing to do at night. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So, I mean, am I correct when I I say that, like, it feels like a completely different place sometimes at nighttime? Yeah. I mean, with with the way they light everything up, you know, from... The way Cinderella Castle is uplit to Pandora to even World Showcase at night just feels totally different. It's funny. You know, I can't remember. Believe it or not, the first time I ever walked into Disneyland was at night. How weird is that? that um, is I was on my honeymoon. And I, and by the way, the downside of going into a place for the very first time at night is you don't know your way around. And oh, like, yeah. those parks are so dark. You're like, I have no idea where I'm going. Right. But there is something to be said for experiencing so, you know, your first glimpse of something or even if it's the first time on a trip, you know, like, oh, we're going to park hop over to here. You know, the parks are so well like lit at night. They're so picturesque. There is something to be said for it. What's your favorite, like, area to be in at night? Like, not not counting attractions, but, like, because we're not going to be talking about areas and, and shows and stuff like that. But Because well, mine is the hub. Yeah, I mean, anything where, where you're in eyesight of the castle <clears throat> is just gold at night. But I, I got to say, I really do like Galaxy's Edge at night. Yeah, Galaxy's Edge is nice at night. Like, in the hub, though, the thing I like is how they, they put the twinkly lights in the trees and just... Yep. I think it, the, the the lights on the fountains and stuff, it's just really beautiful. Um, nothing better than relaxing on the hub grass at night in, in the main hub. But yeah, Galaxy's Edge is wonderful at night. Um, Pandora obviously was made to be wonderful at night. I don't think Pandora's as overwhelming at night as it's, it should be. It is, it is not. It was very much created to be that way, but I found it a little underwhelming i think because i was expecting a lot more me too maybe just because they talked about it a lot yeah you know? yeah they really made a big deal about oh wait till the night time and i was like all right cool you got some fluorescent paint and you're shining some black lights on and that that that's neat all right so you ready to get into these attractions yep so we've listed 10 in order um and obviously we love all 10 of these uh, but we do have some honorable mentions that we'll get to before we give our number one. Before we jump into that, though, I wanted to get a dishonorable mention out there because there's one attraction that I feel like we both kind of feel like at night is just not good. Yeah. And and I think before we even started this list, you even said to me, you're like, well, we know what's not on the list. And that is Kilimanjaro Safaris. Not a fan. No. Nighttime safari, like, and I mean when it's dark out. Look, evening safari is great, <clears throat> and I mean fantastic if you can get it like at dusk, right? Like as the sun is going down. But sure. the problem is they can't put too many lights out there because for all you know, because of the animals. And the whole point of the safari is that like you need to be able to see things, and it's kind of like, oh, there's a blob over there that might be an animal. It really bothers me. Um, I did not enjoy it. Yeah, and th- that what did, what do they have there? It's like a sunset or something that they have lit up. It just looks yeah terrible. that really weird LED sun. Which again at dusk it it kind of works, but at night you're like, oh my gosh, who put a va- <laughs> who put a Las Vegas like neon sign? It doesn't make sense. In the middle of the safari. Uh, all right. So yeah, that's not on our list. If you guys like nighttime safari, awesome. It's just there's been you know, and the great thing about safari at night is that like the lions are going to be more active, the hyenas are out. But again, like on the savanna, like they're like, oh, there might be some movement back there. That, that might be a draft. Like 
you really can't see a lot. <clears throat> yeah, terrible idea. All right, ready for number 10? Yes. Wait, do you have any honorable mentions? <clears throat> What's that? Do you have any honorable mentions you want to do at first? No, I want to save the honorable mentions for right before number one. Okay. Do you? I don't care. However you want to do it. All right. All right, number 10. Now, this is number 10 because neither of us really go on this attraction ever, but we do maintain that it is better at night. And that is the Tower of Terror. The Twilight Zone Tower of Terror at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Because let me tell you something. It is a creepy ride. And I know that from the two times that I've ridden it. Right. It's creepy. But when when the panels open up and you get that look outside, when it's like noon and it's like bright shining sun and you're looking at a theme park, it kind of takes you out of the scariness of the moment. And it blinds you yes. temporarily. Yes. And like, yes, you're up really high and that is scary. But when it's nighttime out, it's so much more, it's so much creepier. I mean, your, your wife and son do this, right? <clears throat> uh, they haven't in a long time. I think they've both kind of worn off on it. Okay. But uh, they have done it. Let me ask you something. I don't know if we've ever like talked about this on the show before because I, I can't remember the things that we talk about. Um, if they changed this to Guardians of the Galaxy, would you go on it? Well, I've been in California when it is Guardians of the Galaxy and still not gone on it. Oh, okay. See, like, I would go on it if they changed it to Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, no. I know, it's weird, but... The pre-show is amazing, by the way. Pre-show is... uh, Oh, for Guardians of the Galaxy. I was going to say Tower of Terror, but yeah, both. Abby and I walked through the whole line with the rest of them uh, just to enjoy, like, the pre-show. It's fantastic. The Rocket Raccoon animatronic, which looks amazing. It's great. Yeah. All right, number nine. Now, this is kind of this is one that I know you don't love, but I do. And I was recently introduced to this by uh, our friend uh, Dr. Nicholas Mercer, the theme park therapist. Living with the land at night, love it. I don't so, love it. I know you. No, tell me why. I you don't, don't dislike tell me, it. Tell me why you don't love it. Um, I feel like it loses a little bit of that fun greenhouse look. You I can know, see like that the, being at night. The sunshine like with... and all the plants, you know, yeah, all this like plant life that's in a different environment than you're used to, you know, like hydroponics. And I just think it looks so much better lit up like sunlight. Okay. I, I will, I will see that. But like, I find that at night, the way they light the area and just with the, with the dark sky overhead, it just looks really, really neat. And especially at Christmas time. Because they put in a lot of really cool Christmassy stuff that they all that right. they light up at. Yeah, night. I've heard that's great. So I mean, and living with the land is typically s- such a short wait that you could do it both like at during the day and at night. Yeah, also true. Especially if you're like waiting to like go on to Soren or something like that, or waiting for a reservation at Garden Grill. I mean, you know, hop on live with the land to kill twelve minutes yep. or something like that. I do. I really love living with the land. I love it. I love like all of it. I really want to do the behind the seeds tour when it comes back. It's funny. We, um, in, in my house, we were trying to assign, um, park rides to the members of my family. Okay. You know how often when you watch a movie, you're like, Oh, I'm this person. I'm yeah. like this person. So like, what about rides for people? And my son, I'm the only two people, by the way, we figured out are my son, and my wife, my son is living with the land. He wants to be spaceship earth. My son just never stops talking and it just has tons of fun facts. Like it is pretty much like going on living with the lab because it's just constant information. It is. And that is how my son speaks. It's very funny. Interesting. What, is, what, would, what was your wife? 
Uh, my wife is um, Kilimanjaro Safaris. All right, why? And I say that because every time, no one will get this except for you, maybe, Kevin. Anytime you ride on the Garden State Parkway, yeah, there are sometimes deer <clears throat> off on the sides. Yeah. Driving the vehicle, my wife will be like, deer. And like point to all, she just has amazing peripheral vision that she can see these deer like far off in the distance that okay. I can't even see yet. I'm like, oh, that's totally who you are. Got it. Right. So driving with your wife on the Garden State Parkway is the same thing as going on Kilimanjaro safaris. Yeah. She has an uncanny ability to spot wildlife of any sort while driving. Can she actually spot them at night? Unlike the safari drivers at Animal Kingdom. She's pretty good. Yeah. All right. She's pretty good. Well, see, now if you lived here, she'd be trying to spot alligators, too. Hmm. It's weird. An armadillo. You know, on the way driving to Florida, if you take I-95 all the way down, at one point when you're near Florida, I think it's the Georgia-Florida border, there are actually wild pig in the road. Have you ever seen this? Or no. Heard about this? Um, I've heard there's a crazy backstory to it. Like there was a truck carrying pigs that pretty much overturned, and they have no real way to like herd them up. <laughs> but we actually saw them last time we drove down. So they it's developed crazy. this like pig community like in, in uh, the border of Georgia. Dude, it's insane. Like they're in the they're in the middle. Well, that's uh, where we saw them. Like, I not, claim like, this land side. in the name of pigs. Very weird, right? And, uh, there's gonna they're gonna like build this entire like pig society. I'm cool with that. Like develop technology, eventually uh develop a rocket ship, and then you know what we get. Pigs in space. This is all leading up to a pigs in space reference. Anytime we can get a Muppets joke in there, let's do it. Especially pigs in space because it's yeah, my I love favorite. pigs in space. Uh, I've been. Yeah, have you been watching the Muppet Show on Disney Plus, like the original? <sighs> no. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I have. I've been watching so much of it, and pigs in space is always one of my favorite things in the world. I really love the Vincent Price episode, so I've probably yeah. watched that like five times since. Yeah, it's come on I mean, look, close. the greatest episode of all time is the Mark Hamill episode. Yeah, agreed. Like there, there, I and like even Muppet friends of mine who don't even like Star Wars are like that. Mark Hamill episode is the best thing that the Muppets have ever done. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's so funny the fact that you have Mark Hamill and Luke Skywalker on the show, and Mark Hamill is like talentless. <laughs> and like you know dearth nader and 3po and r2 and chewy like it was so good it was wonderful so so good all right number eight is one that i feel like would be higher on a lot of people's list but i'm gonna explain why it's at number eight here and that is splash mountain now when you're coming down when you're rocking and down chickapin hill the nighttime scenery makes things feel a little bit more ominous I think like when you're diving into the briar patch, but you're not outside for very long. Right. Very briefly in the very beginning, when you like go around the drop where, you know, like you might end up, you, you actually sometimes can get more wet in that first bend. If they're shooting out the water, when the drop happens, than you do on the actual drop. Right. Like I've gotten drenched there before because like, you're always and you're always like sitting there doing math in your head, like watching the splash go over, and like okay, how long till the next one comes over? And with the rate we're moving, how far will we be to see if <laughs> I'm going to actually get hit with this water or not? I love that, but you're and then again, you know, you go down Chickapin Hill and then you like kind of round a corner. You stop by that really weird uh, waterfall that gets you wet, uh, especially when things are backed up. 
and yeah, there's not really a lot of outside. A lot, most ninety percent of that ride takes place indoors. So that's why it's so high up on the list. But you can't like you can't discount as you are about to go over the drop when you come out and you just see Frontierland and the castle and all of that just kind of laid out before you. Yeah, no, it is definitely a different experience at night. Yeah, I, I mean, you're also outside a little bit toward the beginning also when you're up by like the um like the washing company and 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 that kind of stuff where like the birds are singing the and you right. pass by Brer Bear's house and whatnot. So you are outside a little bit more than I think I was making it seem like. But yeah, number 8. I think it's a firm number 8 for me. All right, number 7 was one you actually added to the list and that was uh it's something I've never done. It's Prince Charming's Regal Carousel. So walk me through this. Really? You've never done that night? Never done it at all. Oh, well that's just once. weird. Uh, I just have really fond memories of my young daughter on this ride. I remember Ethan wanted to go on, I believe it was Haunted Mansion, and Abby was really little at the time, and I just stayed with her, and we just kept riding the carousel. And doing it that night, the carousel's lit up very well. Yes. And you have you know, Cinderella Castle right there. Like it's, it's funny, if you rode that during the day, like, yes, the castle's there, and yes, you see it, but it's not as in your face almost as the lit up castle is against the night sky. Oh, totally. So, I mean, it, is, it almost makes everything, you know, more, um, like, bigger almost in a way than it would be if you rode it during the day. Yeah, uh, I'm following you on that. that. You know, I think it's, that is a good number seven. Um, what's your favorite song that they play on the carousel? Oh, I don't know. I like hearing the Mary Poppins music on. Yeah, there. me too. I mean, I've I've taken pictures with uh, Mary and Bert out in front of the, the carousel before, so I mean, I do think of it as a very Poppins esque type ride, even though it's themed to Cinderella. Correct. Yeah. Whenever I think about the carousel, the Chim Chim Cherie song is in my head. Oh, okay, nice. It always kind of seems to be playing that as I walk by. All right, number six is Seven Dwarves Mine Train really fun when you come out of the mine and it's nighttime out i gotta tell you i've never done this at night it's i would like to it's really good at night i really enjoy it because again you know the track is lit very well you get scenes of magic kingdom coming by you all lit up and you know it, it, even the last scene with um snow white and the dwarves like dancing in the house with the wicked queen looking through the um the window a lot more sinister at night Hmm, very cool yeah i would like to do that a creepy old lady looking through your window at night is way creepier than a creepy old lady looking through your window during the day agreed all right number five one of my all-time favorites i know you said you've never done this at night but i have multiple times and that is dumbo the flying elephant i would like to do this at night too yeah i mean look it was it was better at night when it was in its old original location because it was right by the castle I'm sure. But, you know, seeing the circus lit up, you could see a great view of the castle. Dumbo at night is a much different experience because you get to be up nice and high. You get to control how high you go. And, yeah, I I really enjoy Dumbo at night. I think it's just excellent. Uh, And when's the last time you actually rode Dumbo? It's been a couple of years since we've done Dumbo. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while for me, too, but I mean, it's one of those rides that I I think it was like the day Magic Kingdom reopened from the pandemic, I think was the last time I rode Dumbo. Okay. Yeah, because I did a Morty video there. Um, Yeah, love Dumbo. Love Dumbo ever since I was a kid. Like, since that was like when I was two years old, that was the only thing I wanted to do was watch the Dumbo ride go round and round. Yeah, it's kind of like a famous ride. Yeah. 
And I mean, you know, the best thing they ever did, and I know I said that it was better in the old location for the nighttime view of the castle, but the best thing they ever did with that ride was make two of them and move it. Well, sure. Yeah. Though, you know, that circus tent, I never see it used anymore. I haven't really? seen it used in forever because there's just not enough demand. Maybe, though, maybe I'm also just not going on it when there's like a 40 minute wait. Right. Um, number four. Okay, this one is really cool at night. And this was something you couldn't do at night until a couple years ago. And that's Expedition Everest. Okay. Now, the cool thing about Everest at night is, well, first of all, things are way scarier. Like when you come to the hairband area, like when it's, when it, when it's dark out. Um, I obviously the hairband it's where the where it goes backwards, but everybody throws their like scrunchies and hairbands like into that area. Have you ever seen pictures of this? Like it's no. all covered in hair ties. Why? I don't know. People just do. People just throw them there. It's covered okay. in hair ties. Okay. It's kind of like the bead the bead tree at Universal. Have you seen that? Yes. People throw their Mardi Gras beads onto that one huh? tree. That tree looks ridiculous. It looks so cool. Um, so, but with Expedition Everest, the thing that I find the coolest is, and it's also the part of the ride that I hate, which is the slow climb up the mountain in the beginning. Because not only are you seeing all of Animal Kingdom spread out and lit up before you, but if you look over to the left, you've got like all of Orlando and Disney property spread out before you. All how 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 much of a glimpse do you think you're getting there? What is the oh. how many seconds is that? <clears throat> I mean, it it takes a while. Like, I would say it's over ten seconds at least that you're. Oh, you're that's going nice. Up. Yeah, no, you're going up. It's a, it's one of those like roller coaster climbs that's pretty slow. So I don't I don't know specifically because I haven't done it in a while, but at nighttime it's really cool to see everything all like laid out before you and lit up. All right, ready for number three? Yep. All right, number three, we've got the Jungle Cruise slash oh. the Jingle Cruise. Great oh, at night. One at night. Great one. Great one at night. This could have easily been number one, I think. Yeah. Uh, so the Jungle Cruise at night is it different in in a in a sense of like you know the things people say or the things that you see? No, of course not. But just the nighttime atmosphere of the Jungle Cruise is just so incredibly cool. The way everything's lit up. The way, um, so and sometimes I found that the skippers will be a little bit more lax with the script. I don't know if that's oh. just me, but like a day to night thing. Yeah, like okay. I, I found like it's the end of the day. They're just kind of like going nuts a little bit. Um, the best Jingle Cruise joke I ever experienced was at night, and it could have only been at night. Tell me. So it was the last year of the Osborne Lights. I'm pretty sure I've told this story before on the show, but some every episode of Two Men and the Mouse is somebody's first episode of Two Men and the Mouse. Right. Um. We're going uh, through the backside of water. It's the last year of the Osborne lights. It's nighttime out. The only light is coming from our boat. The skipper goes, ladies and gentlemen, the eighth wonder of the world, the Osborne family spectacle of dancing water. And he starts flipping the lights on the boat on and off and going, like making the light dance. It was so funny. And then at the end, he just goes, ah, they get better every year, don't they? And the whole boat groaned because everybody was lamenting the fact that we were losing the Osborne lights. That's very funny. It was super, super funny. And I was like, there's no way that was in the script. You know, there was a period of time, like, I would say a good, like, six months where I would only ride the Jungle Cruise at night. You know, I want to say the majority of times I've ever ridden it has been at night. Really? 
Yeah. So your love of the Jungle Cruise is really like your love of Jungle Cruise at night. Pretty much, yes. All right. That makes a lot of sense. Like even things like the Python or like the cave, like so much cooler at night. Yeah, you know, the cave is it's funny. You think of the cave as being like kind of dark, like Yeah. But I just at night, like not having the brightness on both ends of it kind of makes it like even darker in a yeah, way. A hundred percent. So it's hundred percent. And I even the, the the Indian elephant uh bathing pool looks really neat. Like at, at night with with the lights sure. on. All right, number two. We're sticking in the now most of these have been the Magic Kingdom. Have you noticed that? Well, it's got the, probably the most outdoor rides. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like seven out of the ten are all Magic Kingdom. Yep. All right, number two, also Magic Kingdom, the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. Another one that could be number one. Could, easily. Easily. This ride at night is just top notch. Well, first of all, you've got the aesthetic of Tomorrowland at night in general. Right, which, which is, is just my favorite thing ever. Yes. Tomorrowland is lit up so perfectly at night, but then you also have a number of just really stunning views of the castle. <clears throat> and, you know, going forward, you're going to have stunning views of Tron. Yeah, that's true. So it's that's only getting get. better. Yeah, I agree. Especially now that the ride, you know, is back operational again, the TTA. Though I will say when I was in Magic Kingdom, every time I walked by the TTA, it was stopped. Really? Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah, I'm really worrying about like the like what the future holds for the the TTA because I don't know, man. That track it, is so enormous. I mean, what what can they do with that other than have it be the TTA? Honestly. Uh yeah. I mean, they're never gonna like get rid of the TTA, but I feel like like it needed more work. It's hard to believe. I know. I know. I I can only assume that for most of that time period where it was closed, they just weren't working on it. Maybe. All right. So ready to get into our honorable mentions before we get to number one. Sure. Okay. Honorable mentions. Number one, test track. Um, number one honorable mention, I mean. Now, I've never really ridden test track at night. Um, I know you have. I have. So walk us through what it's like. Well, so you're really only talking about that one outdoor, you yes. know, the main. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not different enough to make the list. It is definitely different at night. Yes. There is something cool about it. You know, any ride at night's pretty, especially if you're so used to, you know, shooting out those doors and having the bright Florida sun to kind of do it at night is is pretty neat. I can't say it's better or worse. It's kind of about the same because your your scenery isn't wowing at night, you know, but it but it's pretty fun. Yeah. Um. Now, the next honorable mention that we have here is the Haunted Mansion. Now, I love this at night. I love it at night too, but here's why it didn't make the list for all of you screaming at your at your phone right now. The ride itself is not accentuated by it being right. nighttime. Bef- the the queue, absolutely. The the exit queue, totally, a hundred percent. The photo pass spot outside with the with the with the hearse, yeah, totally. The lighting on the mansion, absolutely. But to me, that fell more in line with like areas that are cool at night which is an entirely different list entire and if that were the case this would be number one especially at not so scary when they like roll the smoke out and stuff like that uh so neat but uh yeah it just was not enough to make the list because the actual ride itself is not accentuated by the fact that it is nighttime um okay so next one was one that you know you actually brought up, and when you said the word, the name of this one, I was like, okay, 
but that can never be on one of our top 10 lists ever. And that is the Tomorrowland Speedway. Uh, you know, and I partially only say this because I would never do it during the day. There's just not enough cover from the sun on this ride. And at night, it's it works out perfectly. Even if it's a hot Florida summer day at nighttime, it's a little bit cooler and you can kind of wait on that line. And that's fun when you're in the cars driving at night, especially for a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I got I got that. It, it definitely didn't make it enough to like go on the list because it's still the Tomorrowland you know, yeah, and, and honestly, the ride wouldn't make a list for us because we don't really have much desire to ride it. Yeah, but... it's it's more of like, hey, this is nice to not be baking in the hot sun while I'm in line for this ride. Right. And the last honorable mention is the Astro Orbiter, which is a ride that neither of us like. I mean, I've never even been on it, and you don't like it. I hate it. Having said that, I love looking at it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it really it adds a lot to the aesthetic of Tomorrowland. And I could see how it would be fun to be up there at night. But I don't know if it makes it worth it to wait in that line and go in that elevator. Yeah, no, not for me. I, I just, I, yeah, just not really like pleasing. So, all right, number one, without any further ado, it is none other. Then, Muppets uh, 3D extravagant. Oh, wait. No? <laughs> yes, it's it's a Muppet. it's a journey into imagination with Figment. No, um, <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> imagine every number one is just uh, Muppet Vision 3D Muppet every Vision time. 3D. Yep. <laughs> All right, number one, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. This ride at night is a completely different experience, especially if you time it right, because. Because if you can manage to get on there while the fireworks are going, it is it, it's tear inducing. I, I rode it one time in Disneyland, mind you, while the fireworks were going off and uh, just coolest thing ever. I've ridden it several times in Magic Kingdom with the fireworks going on. And like like my friend Lena literally cried as we were I going, get it. as we were going through with it. With, like, it's just so different and so wonderful with the fireworks going on. I mean, there was no other choice for number one than Big Thunder Mountain. I agree. And this may be the only list we ever do where Big Thunder Mountain is number one. Hmm. I can't think of another top 10 list that would be like, yes. What if we did like top 10, like, you know, Western themed roller coasters well, we would need nine other ones uh, in in the world oh okay in the world then maybe yeah right though i would probably put the disneyland one over the disney world one so still, me too but because it's got fire would still be number one now another honorable mention by the way which i've never done it at night um and i can't believe we forgot to mention this in the honorable mentions and people were probably screaming Slinky Dog Dash, I feel it would be very cool at night, but I've never done it at night. I haven't either. We did talk about it before the show. Yes. Um, yeah, Which I, I thought we were going to put it. Right. I thought we were going to put it on the list, and then we didn't. Hmm. Well, maybe because neither of us ever really did it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but seeing Galaxy's Edge all lit up from like that, you know, that like that top part of Slinky Dog Dash. Now, yep. I have ridden Slinky Dog Dash before, specifically like when da- Galaxy's Edge was being constructed, just to see Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, I got that. Um, and that's that's our uh, you know that's our list that's a pretty good list want to hear from our friends around the world let's do it all right so i asked you guys on the facebook discussion group facebook.com slash groups slash two men in the mouse to sound off on your favorite disney attractions at night and you guys you guys sounded off 
So uh, let's see what you guys had to say about that. Our friend Becky Adams says Tower of Terror. Joe Singleton says The Astro Orbiter. Jackie Staskal says Walk Around Pandora Land. Michael Henderson says The Astro Orbiter at Night is pretty cool, which I'm sure it is. <clears throat> Christian Daprich says Big Thunder. Dan uh, Gaukowski says Slinky Dog Dash is pretty fun at night, especially if you get on it during the fireworks. I assume that means... I, so I wonder if you could see like fireworks from other parks from Slinky Dog. Hmm, not sure. I mean, Fantasmic, obviously, yes. But right. Rachel McCurtain says Big Thunder Mountain because the track heats up during the day and Astro Orbiter during... And, an Astro Orbiter during the fireworks. According to my child, it still makes me want to hurl. Huh. Uh, Jennifer Mosby Luff says, I love Splash Mountain at night. Nathan Dunbar says, Pandora at night is really pretty, but my favorite is living with the land at night at Christmas with all the Christmas lights in the trees and plants. See, they agree with me. Shannon they agree Jordan- with you for like two months of the year. Yeah. Shannon Journal says, the TTA People Mover gives great views at night. Splash Mountain is another one that gives unexpected views, especially during fireworks whenever they come back. I agree with the previous comments stating Tower of Terror. Slinky Dog Dash is also great at night, and Dumbo can be fun at night, too. Sunny Santos says, not an attraction, but we love the way they light the pools at night. especially hmm, when cool. Yep, especially when arrival is late, and this is the first real taste of magic. And he posted a picture of... One of my all-time favorite pools, which is from one of my least favorite resorts, which is All-Star Music, the Three Caballeros pool. Yep. Love that. But, I mean, there's something to be said about that, the way Disney oh, lights their 100%. pools. 100%. 100%. Yep, right? Eileen Wells says, the Haunted Mansion seems to come to life after dark. Susie Scott says, Splash Mountain at Disneyland. The view is amazing. Is the view quite different in Disneyland? Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, the location is, so sure. Yeah. Anita Lidden-Fran says, not an attraction, but we once had dinner at Cinderella's Castle at 9.30 next to the windows, and the fireworks started, and it was pure magic. Capern says, Dumbo, Big Thunder is another is another fave. Amanda Mooning says, am I allowed to say Wishes? Still my favorite fireworks. Uh, standing in Small World Plaza at Disneyland, also Cars Land in Disney's California Adventure. Heather DeFeo says, Big Thunder, no doubt. Ryan Campbell says, I like Splash Mountain during the night, especially during fireworks. Test Track is fun, too. Justin Little says, Magic Kingdom Jungle Cruise. Epcot Test Track. Uh, He says, MGM. He means Hollywood Studios. Tower of Terror and Animal Kingdom. Cali River Rapids. Oh, Cali River Rapids. That's when we forgot. Did we forget it? I forgot it because I love Cali River Rapids at night. Yeah. Very, very cool at night, especially the forest fire scene. Okay. All illuminate. It's a very, very cool experience at night. We at least forgot it in the honorable mentions. I probably would have bumped Splash Mountain for Kali River Rapids. Libby, Libby McManus says Splash Mountain. Sam, Samuel Murphy says Big Thunder under the fireworks. Uh, Sunny Villa Gomez says The People Mover. Michael Avila says Big Thunder and Slinky Dog. <coughs> Heather Hunter says Big Thunder Mountain is my favorite at night. I always ride it multiple times after dark. Our buddy Zach Adams, who has co-hosted the show several times with me, says uh, Test Track just hits different, as the kids say, after dark. Sarah Coyle says Mine Train, Splash Mountain, and Big Thunder have some cool views at night. I also like riding the People Mover at night. Nothing beats Tomorrowland at night uh, except traveling through it on the TTA. Melanie Sims says The People Mover. It's like I own the park when I'm in a car by myself, looking at the castle all lit up and feeling the night air as it breezes by. You know, the night air is another really interesting thing about the the People Mover, I think. Hmm, why? You really get you get that nice breeze going at, at yeah, night. Yeah, it's like cooler. It, yeah. 
Dana Bennett says Jungle Cruise and Haunted Mansion. Jennifer Long says People Mover. Uh, Jessica Wiley says Haunted Mansion and Tower of Terror. Michael Michael Bo Michael says Big Thunder is amazing at night. Kathleen Grove says I like taking the Epcot and Resort monorails around at night. Also a good a good nighttime experience. Kevin Beacom says Test Track at Epcot, Expedition Everest at Animal Kingdom, Tower of Terror at Hollywood Studios, Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain, Mine Train, Jungle Cruise, and dare I say it, Swiss Family Treehouse at Magic Kingdom. I will, you can dare to say that, but I'm not going to. Have you ever done Swiss Family Treehouse at night? Uh, I've done the Disneyland Tarzan Treehouse at night, okay. not the not the East Coast <laughs> equivalent. How is that? Uh, it's fun, actually. Gregory Becker says, People Mover, Jungle Cruise, Living with the Land. Taylor Troyer says, When I was a skipper at the Jungle Cruise, the night cruises were always the best ones. More relaxed and cooled off guests, and just a bunch of us college students going off script as much as possible. Mark Budzuski says, Swiss Family Treehouse, beautiful view of Cinderella Castle lit up at night, and he even posted a picture of it, and he's right. It looks amazing. And finally, Nicholas Meredith says, Manage the Seven Dwarves ride during fireworks, and it was awesome. Thank you so much, guys, for contributing to that. We always love having you guys sound off on our lists. Um, all right. So uh, before we get going, anything on your mind this week? Anything you wanted to, mm. like, you know, discuss or dissect or? I don't know. Not really. Do you about I mean, well, Loki comes out tomorrow and I'm like super Very excited, excited about that. That's my daughter's birthday tomorrow. So did you get her the Loki ears, which I have? I mean, I, I have seen them now. I have ordered the Loki ears from Disney shopping. So how about that? Okay. Are they available in the parks now? Because I looked the last time I was there and I didn't see it. I don't know. Nor have I gotten mine yet, but they are going to come. Yeah. So. Um. The So for her birthday, are you going to like give her a picture of the ears? Um. No. She knows at this point because I asked her and we got her some other stuff. So okay, it's not cool. like she is uh going giftless on cool, her birthday. Cool, cool. All right. Well, this, Lo- this Loki thing, it looks to it very much reminds me of Doctor Who from just the trailers. Like a more sinister oh, well, Doctor I'm Who. I'm not a Doctor Who guy, so that sounds terrible. Uh, well, I mean, not, qu- but I could see like if Tom Hiddleston was ever like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. They wanted to still keep going with it. You could easily do Young Avengers Loki. You could turn him into Girl Loki. Right. Like, well, you're so- getting Girl Loki in this. Are you? Yeah. You're getting a bunch of Lokis in this. Isn't that really what it's about? Oh, dude, I have. I honestly have not really looked like I, I haven't really looked at like what's going on. Like I haven't watched a lot of the trailers, a lot of the clips because I kind of wanted to go in blind. Well, now you're not. Well, I mean, um, it's. I mean, that's not a, a huge thing. Um, what do you think of the Time Variance Authority, like logo? Like, I'm sorry, not logo, mascot. What is the mascot? That little orange, like cartoony mascot. I didn't see Have that. you seen it? No, oh, okay. I seen it. Oh. I really love it. I need more merchandise with that on it. Well, I'll let you know next week. Uh, so, yeah. a lot of people are apparently predicting that this is going to lead into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Huh. Uh, my friend my friend Dave uh, pointed out actually something to me yesterday. He was like, I don't think it's going to be Doctor Strange. I think it's going to lead into Guardians. Because if there's a if they're hunting time variants, wouldn't Gamora be one? I understand that, but um, Sean Gunn kind of does his own thing and Guardians three was written. Yeah. James, years James, ago james, james gunn, gunn sorry sean, sean i mean gunn. sean gunn is kirk and he does his own thing usually having multiple jobs around stars might Hollow. not be a director uh yeah. sean gunn. um so i can't see that leading into that they kind of keep they let him kind of have free reign on what he wants to do yeah i could see that um 
Especially, you're also a little ways away from Guardians. Yeah, I mean, it could definitely lead, lead into Love and Thunder. We don't really yeah. know much about what's going on there. I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, I why doubt, does it have to lead into anything? I, I doubt Loki is going to be in Love and Thunder. I think they're going to keep Loki separate from the rest of the MCU and just kind of because if this yeah, show takes too. off, I think you're going to get multiple. I think this is one of the ones you could actually get multiple seasons out of. If you can, yeah, keep him coming back, sure. Yeah. Um, because most of the because like WandaVision, I'm like, well, you're never getting WandaVision season two. Like you're not you're not getting Captain, uh, uh, you're not getting Falcon and Winter Soldier season two, right? But you can, I could definitely see a Loki season two. I mean, yeah, I could be completely wrong, but you know, I think that would be good. Uh, Mighty Ducks Game Changers ended, and that was really good. I saw Mighty Ducks Game Changers pops. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, there were some good moments. There, there were some, there were some really good moments. Like, you know, the really weird thing, like they introduced this like hanging story element that like was never touched on, and they did it in like such a ham-fisted way and like resolved it like immediately, but it still okay. brought tears to my eyes. Like I had no emotional investment in this. I don't understand what happened to me. Um, like the goalie, they're like, oh, it really stinks that Coob's parents don't show up to the games. And I'm like, oh, has that been a thing that's been established? Because I don't remember it. And then like three minutes later, like he's in the goal and like he sees his parents in the crowd. And I'm like, oh, my God. But like it was never established that like this was this was brought up and resolved within a couple minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really funny. That's awesome. Yeah. Um yeah and um oh ryan the last dragon is now like just free on disney plus oh nice i had paid for it oh okay what did you think of it because i loved it i i can't tell you i didn't watch it but everyone else watched it oh, okay multiple times um i just i didn't was not able to get around to it i really enjoyed it i thought it was i thought it was great it was i hear it's great i went to the movie theater for it and you know no one's talking about it because no one saw it well yeah yeah i was really upset by that that like you know Nobody saw it. Um, all right. Well, um, you know, anything else you want to talk about? My Gilmore Girls uh, rewatch is, is uh, been on pause for a little bit, but. Well, that's no good. Yeah, I know. I got to get back into it. Um, she's not even at Yale yet. Oof. Right. Like I'm still I'm still at uh, at Chilton. I do love Chilton. Though. Yeah. I mean, Chilton was it was an important like part of her life. But like Yale, everything changes when she gets to Yale. Yeah, but not for the better. No, you know what? You're right. Maybe that's why I'm like taking so long. I'm dragging my feet because I know what's. Yeah, the Chilton years are the best. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Look, Logan showing up. Oh God, I hate Logan. I hate Logan with the same intensity that I hate the movie Logan. Yeah, that's a lot. I hate that movie, dude. I hate that movie. Oh, it's it's, it's uh, like, yeah, I, I really I've waited all these. These are the Wolverine we've always wanted to see. Yes, the Wolverine that's helping Professor Xavier onto the toilet. That's the Wolverine that I've wanted to see all these years. The Wolverine that isn't going to fight a villain. He's just going to say the F word a bunch of times. Well, we do get to see Wolverine be Wolverine in it, which is nice, but, um, but it's just so poorly written. You do the Reavers and you don't do Deathstrike with them. I, who cares? They, they've done Deathstrike already. No, no, they have not. Do not. I will. That was that was not Deathstrike, but it was. Listen, uh, the, no, dude. None of the things you're mentioning are the problems with that movie. The problems with that movie are like little hysterical things, like 
when they're chasing after the kids and that like um the doctor who's like don't let them get to the border it's just like running right alongside the reavers like the reavers are these like insane like you know they could they're like they have to be more athletic than this guy and he's just keeping pace with all of them like let's do this it's like dude why don't you just get them back oh man there's so many wonderful things in that movie like the um like the the bad wolverine and oh, I always say so that this bad. should get an Oscar because whoever did costume design for this was like, what are we going to put Bad Wolverine? And some genius in that room was like, whoa, whoa, wait, hold on. What about we put him in a black guinea tee? <laughs> That's it. That's it. Oh. He'll be a Bad Wolverine. I mean, dude, the, the movie's so bad. It was like evil Spock with the goatee. Level. Oh, it's so terrible. You know, the worst thing about that movie, the thing that actually really does hurt me is that the whole thing is that, you know, Logan is taking care of Charles, right? And he's got to inject him with this, like, EpiPen or he's going to, like, you know, blow everyone up with his mind, right? Right. So if your intent was to kill Charles in this movie, sorry for spoilers, but it's been many years at this point. Um, If your intent is to kill Charles, why have that, like, bad robot Wolverine kill him? Why not have a moment where, you know what, they don't have any more medicine. They're on the run. And Logan has to heartbreakingly put down his mentor because it's the only way he can save everybody. Pete, I understand what you're saying, but that would have that would have gotten in the way of all the blood and him saying the F word a bunch of times. And Xavier but you know saying, what I'm saying the like, even in a movie we hated, that moment would be like, mm, yes, that moment would have been great. Or if instead of bad Wolverine, it had just been, I don't know, Sabretooth. Well, we've also done Sabretooth twice already. Yeah, but we're, you know what? It's a Logan. It's it's back. Wolverine's last at bat. Like you do Sabretooth. Honestly, Wolf- I will say Wolverine uh, has got so many villains, so many good villains. You couldn't find one. Does he have so many good villains? He's got Deathstrike. He's got he's got Sabretooth. He's got Omega Red. He's got he's even got Deadpool to an extent. Like. Um. Yeah, but not really. He, but um, Wolverine, there's so many characters that are connected to Wolverine. Anyway, what were you saying? I don't know. Not not a fan. Yeah, no. You know, but you you know what you said was not the most infuriating thing about that movie. The most infuriating thing about that movie is how much people like it. Well, it's that's I I never base my opinion on anything around what other people like. I just <sighs> can't do it. It, it's just infuriating that people like like are just like this was great i'm like in what universe in what universe was this great in what universe was Zack snyder's justice league great i really like Zack snyder's justice league. yeah you're wrong you are i don't wrong. think i'm wrong actually you know what i heard that that zombie movie that he made is just nonsensical and just garbage but i'm not a Zack snyder but, guy but again people are like loving it because it's him and because they've now like banked their like entire like personalities on the fact that they like him so everything he does now has to be great. But you know what? I don't care about the Netflix. Like, like, do, dude, do it, do it. Stay doing some Netflix stuff. Do make all the Netflix zombie movies that I'm not going to watch that you want to do because right. it keeps you far away from my DC universe. Right. It's how I feel about Christopher Nolan. Keep making movies, dude. I don't. Yeah. I'm not going to see him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do whatever you want. Make what. Make whatever. Make whatever hacky obnoxious intellectual garbage you want to make i'm i will be elsewhere as long as you're not ruining batman and the joker i'm okay right you're but i mean look we're both kind of hard on the dark knight for for many reasons but you're telling me that that batman nightmare joker scene was better than anything like the dark knight was better than that 
Uh, no, it wasn't. There's a scene in The Dark Knight where Batman <laughs> clearly wants to quit being Batman. Well, th- that happens all. And it is that happens and it all is the throughout. theme of the entire Nolan movies. It's that he wants to finish this so I can stop doing this and we can be together. And the fact that that girl doesn't look at him and just throw up in her mouth yes. at Batman wanting to stop. These people have never read a Batman comic. That's fine. That's fine. I get interpretation. But when you're talking about a character, an 80-year-old character, the drive of Batman to, you know, make everything better and to, you know, make sure that no child right. has his parents murdered in right. front of him like he did. You you can't alter Oh, that. no. The Nolan Batman doesn't care about that. Especially in the third movie when you have Batman save Gotham, come back and save Gotham City from a would-be nuclear bomb that, oops, he left underneath the city. Yeah. Come on. Stop. Yeah. Stop! I or, get it. People love or no that, one's a that, wonderful filmmaker, but they're they're just painful movies. Then he he leaves. He oh, I love Batman Begins. It's the best Batman movie ever made. But like he leaves and quits and tosses the keys to the Batcave to this rookie cop who could not win a single fist fight in the entire movie. He's gonna go out there to try to be bat. This was hard for Batman to do. John Blake, how how fast does someone stab John Blake on his first night out there as, oh, as God, Robin? I hope so. <laughs> how fast? Yeah, like come so. on, Bruce, come on. And yeah, you know, I'm with you. Like when they're like, "Oh, he hasn't been Batman in eight years." I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Because his girlfriend died. If anything, and on that, top of that, if anything, he'd go out there and be the Batman more. This is the world that they've created. He hasn't been Batman for eight years, and Gotham is a okay. Yep. The crime's gone. Oh yeah, no, they're like what? Yeah, because this Batman, this is a Batman that only cared about organized crime, like the muggers and 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 whatnot that he like was meant to stop. The Joe Chills of the world, like like yeah, yeah, they're they're just not committing crimes anymore, right? It's funny. I'm showing the kids the uh, Tobey Maguire Spider Man's, and okay, I guess okay. the Garfield ones. Okay, um, um, it's important going into the next Spider Man movie that's going to be necessary that they see these. Maybe we don't know. We don't like they're what they're do you mean very don't know. They're very adamant that this is not not what's happening. Kevin, I don't know, dude. I don't even know anymore. I don't know what to think anymore. You know, they have to say that until it's released. Right? I don't. I don't know what to think anymore. I you really don't, don't really believe that. Right? I mean, you you know that what's his name? The guy who played Doc Ock. What's his name? Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina came out and was like, I don't know why I'm supposed to not say this. Everyone knows it on the internet. Like, I'm in this movie. Like, well, yeah, like, no, oh, they announced that he was in that movie. And Jamie Foxx, too. Yeah, they announced yeah, that. And, and people have been deliver- have been uber-eating food to Andrew Garfield the entire time he's in Georgia. That's so weird. Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield both moved to Georgia? Wow, <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> That's amazing. I didn't, I didn't hear about that part. Okay. Um, right. The girl who we like who's playing Kate Bishop. Well, man, I'm terrible at names today. Um, she was in Bumblebee. She's in the I, Hawkeye I did not show. see Bumblebee. I wanted to see Bumblebee for Bumblebee John Cena. Great, by the way. Anyway, um, John Cena's not good in it, but Bumblebee is good. Um, you know, she was like, oh, I'm, I'm not in it. I'm, I'm not in that. And people were like, look, here's a picture of you in costume on the street with <laughs> Hawkeye. And she's like, okay, yeah, I'm in it. <laughs> It's like, yeah, no, I get it. They just they have to say no until Marvel announces it. Right. But trust me, they're in it. It's important that they see these movies. But anyway, we were watching these movies and in Spider-Man 2 when he stops being Spider-Man. Uh. You know, there's the the headline on in the bugle that you know crime goes up 75%. Right. Because you know, Spider-Man's not there to stop it. Yeah. And in those Batman movies, it's the polar opposite. <laughs> yep. It's like up, oh, Batman leaves, 
City is saved. Yeah. I'm like, oh, all right. Mission accomplished. I, I I used to always say that there was still crime, like Gotham was still like the, the hellhole that it had always been, but Alfred was just like showing him altered newspapers every morning because he doesn't want him to go be Batman anymore. Oh, oh look at awesome. this, sir. Crime is completely gone. There's no crime anywhere at all. Now, eat yeah, this except tangerine. in these movies, Kevin, Alfred has to like tell him to go out there and be Batman. <laughs> I know it's Please so. Please go out and do something. Please go be Batman. These people have never read a Batman comic where he's like, "Every one of your ribs is broken. You have to stay home for one night." <laughs> nope, not in these movies. He's like, "Dude, shouldn't you go out there and maybe do something?" If he even for a second thought about not going out there for one night, he would look up and see the picture of his parents like on the wall and just be like, "All right, I'm going." And he'd like right. get up and he and he'd go. Uh, all right. Well, we vamped enough. Um, <laughs> all right. Anything else you want to add this week? No. All right. Well, then, without any further ado, that's going to do it for Two Men in the Mouse this week, folks. Thank you so much for joining us and for sticking with us for the last 10 minutes of the show. We just talked about whatever. Uh, <laughs> a lot of you guys have said that you like that. So that's kind of why we were leaning into it. Um, all right, folks. If you love our buddy Peter Mantle, check him out at Rogue Comics at 105 North Union Avenue, Cranford, New Jersey, 07016. Or go to RogueComics.com where you can find a link to Pete's eBay store. Of course, if you're planning a trip to any Disney resort throughout the known world, including Walt Disney World, even Universal Orlando in Orlando, Florida, check out our buddy Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, who will plan your Disney vacation for you at no additional cost to you. Reach out to him at DisneyDaveW at Verizon.net. And if on that trip you want to rent a crib or stroller for your trip, please reach out to our friends at KingdomStrollers.com and let them... Uh, uh, deliver the crib or stroller of your dreams right to your Disney Resort. And for me, folks, my books, the Ross and Annie series, Winter of El- Winters of Elnora, Birth of the Dark Angel, all available in paperback, audiobook, um, ebook. Um, there are options out there. Uh, Rise of the Dragon Lord, the last of the Ross and Annie series, is still currently in production for audiobook, but all the other ones are currently uh, released on audible.com. And check out the Morty Monster YouTube page. Um, where, you know, Morty Monster and I are always spelunking around the parks and doing some fun stuff. We just posted a new video last week, another new one coming this week. And, of course, uh, folks, if you're in the New Jersey area uh, this coming weekend, Saturday uh, the 12th of... Uh, uh, of June, which I, yes, it is 12th of June. Come out to UWA Elite's 20th anniversary show at the VFW in South River, New Jersey, uh, to see the Dark Angel Vincent Valentine, uh, who looks a lot like me, defend the UWA Elite Championship in a triple threat match against Hedges and King Tech in the main event of the show. So, all right, uh, well, that, that does it for this week. Pete, any closing words? We're gonna do it again next week, Kevin. Oh we'll yeah, yes. I mean, I get back uh, on Monday night, so I should be good to go Tuesday morning. All right, let's do it. All right, folks, please keep the magic alive every day of your lives. We will see you next week on Two Men and the Mouse. So there's a great big beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful tomorrow Just a dream away If you're standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors until the monorail stops completely and the doors open. If this concludes your visit, we hope you've had a wonderful time and will return home safely. Thank you for traveling with us.